Good evening, one and all, and welcome to the Tune Review, where tonight uh, we are looking back on what you what you looking so confused about, Alex. Oh, I'm just reading stuff. Oh, okay. Uh, the good news is that, uh, as you can see, our esteemed co-host is with us uh, for the review show. Um, before we go any further, um, would you like to just tell the viewers what happened to you last night, Alex? Because people were worried. Um, we did, you know, we, we thought you'd just sort of. I mean, obviously, you've explained it to me and Billy what had happened. Just explain to the viewers, just uh, in case you know, some of the viewers were quite worried about you last night. I'm fine. It's just, just a bad evening. Just uh, after the uh, preview show, just had a, had a migraine coming on. Um, took the dog out in like a, almost a storm here and fell over and just felt absolutely horrible. Went to bed, woke up at my half past midnight, ready for the watch along. Closed my eyes and then opened them again, and it was nearly three a.m. Like, oops, okay. Yeah. So it is what it is. And the good news terrible is, we, this do, morning we do well. it all tomorrow night again, Billy. Yeah, at least it's a weekend night, though. Not that it affects yeah. me this week. I've been off on the sick, but um, yeah, I'm looking forward to tomorrow night. Um, yeah. What time did you wake up this morning, Billy Bob? Uh, I'm going to say twenty to ten, something like that. It was a it was a good night. It was a good. It was a decent game. It was um, the, the chat. I mean, over twelve hundred in the chat. Um, you know, I mean, they got to. It ended up on kids' TV programs and, and stuff. How the hell that happened, I do not know, but it did. Um, and you know, it was it was a good laugh. Um, there was lots of people in the chat, but the game itself. Um, you know, it was interesting to say the least. Um, Alex, I know you've watched about 70 many minutes of it. Um, but Billy, I mean, if we reiterate what we were saying, what, what we sort of took from the game yesterday was that our defense, uh, it, it looks extremely slow. Yeah, we're lacking pace. We desperately require some pace in the, in the back four. Um, it looks a lot better actually when Tonali went to the six and and bottom was on the on the right, right centre back, and Bird moved into mm. left centre back. It looked a lot better then. Yeah. Um, but the first twenty five minutes, God, they looked first like a nice bit better. Um, didn't quite work with Marley in the number six. Did some good things, uh, but responsibility of that role at seventeen is a big one. And did some really good things, as I say, but partly culpable for the goal. I thought. I thought he committed himself too early. Um, and aside from that, he played really well. He really did play well, especially when he went into the eight role. Especially when he went into the eight role. Yeah. Um, Alex, I just want to get your opinion of it because obviously me and Billy were watching it last night and um, we were a little worried at the at, at how slow and it, just looking at the back four who were the regular back four from last season. Um, obviously, Botman's still relatively young, but the other three, they are getting on and we were worried because Pace got us last night numerous times. Um, I know it's just a friendly, but you have to just say what you saw on the pitch. And, you know, the likes of Unkunku, Jackson, Mudrick, they were having a field day. And, and Newcastle are going to face a lot of pace in the Premier League this season, as well as the Champions League. Yeah, um, I don't think they were having a field day. I think that's a little bit excessive. Um, I, I don't think it was that bad at all. Uh, they, they barely had a sniff until the Jackson goal, really. Um, in my opinion, I thought we were okay. You've got to factor in that we were we didn't start Bruno and there were players we didn't start. Um, so, you know, I think the commentary didn't really allude to that because I've had to watch this on uh, on Chelsea TV and yeah. they, they've obviously bigged up the fact that they're using a lot of youngsters and then failed to sort of 
reiterate the fact that we're missing a few of our big hitters, so they decided to leave that part out. Uh, I think the goal was partly due to a lot of space being opened up in midfield. Miley wasn't in the right position. Fine, he's 17. He's allowed to not be in the right position. Sometimes it happens. It's preseason. Um, additionally, Dan Byrne got caught up the pitch. Joe Linton was covering left back. Uh, it all Everybody got back into position too slowly. Um, essentially, what happened is I think they got their wires crossed as to whether it was Joe Linton needed to get back into midfield or whether Byrne was going to go cover because Joe Linton was at the left back position. It, by the time that got sorted out, it was too late. They were in the space in midfield. The ball came through. And then additionally, Cher didn't have the pace to deal with that, nor did Botman. Um, so it was just wires crossed with midfield. Um, again, down to down to that left-back position. Yeah. Not enough clarity on, on who was meant to be where. Um, and, and I mean, to be fair, this is twice Joe Linton's been... I wouldn't say he's at fault for it, but it's just... Um, in his defence, he's got to do a lot of work. He, he's often often sort of tasked with running a midfield to a point physically and then covering wide left um, defensively and then also making sort of funny runs up top. So he's got a lot a lot to do. But yeah, pace of the defence is a concern. I, I said this at the start of the transfer window, most important position for me once we've got that extra midfielder in is a Fabian share challenger slash understudy. I've, I've well, constantly been I mean, saying... Well, I mean, injured now, isn't he? I, I think mean, last we... night proved... Mm. Uh, you know, the opinions sometimes are, are correct. We need somebody to challenge Cher because you don't want Lascelles has been okay, but do we want Fabi? Uh, do we want Jamal Lascelles playing 30, 40 fixtures next year? I, I, I don't. I don't want him playing 40 odd well, matches. I mean, look, the, uh, Joe Linton's still not fit. He, he's just, he's just clearly still not fit. I mean, he obviously, um, you know, match fit that is. He, he, he's, he, he's looked very sort of. It's quite a big chunk of a unit, yes, isn't he? Exactly. He's got to lose a couple of kilos and yeah. get a bit but lippier. I think the injury to share last night kind of, I don't know, like Billy says, you know, when, when Byrne went to centre-back and young Murphy went to left-back, we seemed to steady the, you know, it, it seemed, I mean, Murphy was brilliant. You know, he was bombing was forward. Um, it was Nearly scored as well. Couldn't yeah, believe it. it. Bombing forward. Um, and, and Billy, you highlighted that at the time that we just seemed to, look a lot better with a left back who was bombing forward and could defend as well. It, it made us look a little bit different, didn't it? Well, for that word pace, he's got a little bit of pace mm. about him, hasn't he? He's not only calm and assured when he's in the centre, he's got a bit of pace when he's on the, on the flank as well. So, yeah, it's mm-hmm. a real promising one for the future. We'll go back to the goal. I think if Dubrov could communicate better with his back back four, he told Cher to drop five yards, that goal isn't scored. I think if Nick Pope was in there between the sticks for that goal, he yeah, may have communicated better. Told Cher to mm. drop... Um, he did call himself and glorious. Well, we'll come on to Nick Pope obviously a bit later on, but I'm going to stick a pin in that match, Justin, for a moment because there's a lot going on in the chat regarding comments made by our, uh, our ex manager today. Um, which look, make of it what you will. I'm going to play that now. Um, it, it goes on for about a minute and 40 seconds. Um, so you know, have a listen if you haven't heard it. Uh, and we'll discuss what he said and whether we actually believe him or not, because I'm I'm not so sure. Um, he's he's, you know, he's got no reason to lie, I guess. But um, the fact that it seems very very strange. But uh, take a listen. This is Steve Bruce uh, talking on a podcast regarding leaving Newcastle United. I have to say, the people who took over Newcastle, Amanda Stavely and her husband, they came to see me. And if you remember back, it was. 
we were playing Spurs on the Saturday and that was going to be me 1,000th game as a manager. And they both came in and said, listen, Steve, how, how can we help you? And I said, look, I'm the only negative left. The euphoria of Newcastle, the support, the crowd, everything about it, it was as if the doom and gloom had shifted and everything was euphoric. And they've had an unbelievable rise, I have to tell you, in 18 months, two years. But I had to say to them, look, you might have to take me out of the equation. It's the hardest thing I ever had to say. But I realised it was the best for the club because everything was euphoric around it. The only negative one was me. They even asked me, and I can say this on record, they even asked me if, who I would recommend. I did recommend Eddie, and I recommended, I hope Stephen doesn't mind, but I recommended Stephen Gerrard too, but somebody like Eddie or Stephen, young, take it on. It was difficult, really, really difficult. And I've never done that before, it's sort of given up, but I realised it was best for the club. Did you see it as giving up? I, I, thought, I, I thought I had to because we got beat. We got beat off Tottenham after we scored. We scored out. We scored out of twenty seconds or something. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. we got beat three. We got beat three two off the Spurs, and it was well, I'd give up. That's a wrong word for me. I never wanted to give it up, but I realised that I had to, and it was more beneficial to the club that they needed to make a clean sweep and take the negativity out of the equation, which was me. So there you go. That was Steve Bruce uh, talking on a podcast regarding his uh, uh, end of t- end of tenure at Newcastle United. Uh, Billy, I'll start with you because you've got a grin on your face. Um, I find that very, very difficult to believe. So do I, because at the time he was all for the job. You know, I, I could do th- I could do things. I give him the chance, etc. And we all know why he wanted to why we really wanted to go. There was seven million good reasons for that. He just wanted to pay out. It was after that all along, um, potentially, he wanted Ashley to pay it out. Ashley was never going to pay it out. Um, mm-hmm. So this takeover was a magnificent thing for him because it enhanced his bank balance by $7 million. The reason why we lost 3-2 to Spurs, we may have scored after 20 seconds, but after 10 minutes, we were knackered. And that was mm-hmm. the trademark of a Steve Bruce side. And the owners would have seen that. There's no one God's earth that have asked him for any advice because the man couldn't manage a fight after a curry, let's be honest. Well, Danielle's in the chat, uh, and obviously she was a uh, renowned uh, massive fan of Steve Bruce, <laughs> not. Uh, Danielle says, uh, listen, Steve Bruce is a fraud. He's trying to get sympathy, and I'm not buying it. Uh, you have to turn up and manage your team. He gave them more days off than days in, and they trained by themselves. I mean, she's right, Alex. You know, the the, the fitness was abysmal because we just didn't train. Um, you know, Callum Wilson numerous times made a... Uh, made a point of how he had to go and train on his own because, you know, they weren't training as a team. Um, But listen, his manager was, he was terrible as a manager. And as Julie says there, didn't he say about Eddie, that fellow who relegated Bournemouth? He said it in a press conference and he can't deny that. So from to go to that and then to say he recommended Eddie Howe, it's got to be, it's mental. Yeah, I mean... Are you calling me a liar? Yeah, I am, Steve Bruce. You are an absolute liar and a fraud. Mm. Um, and it's disgusting that you can come back and try and claim um, just just any sort of, not praise, but just, just anything or, or pity from anybody around the UK who's not from the North East. It's yeah. disgusting. Um, you got an £8 million payoff. You, you failed to mention that in your interview. Um, the players didn't enjoy it. There were three player bust-ups. Um which is disgraceful. 
-hmm. multiple players have come out and said the training sessions now are interesting, fun, engaging. They're fitter than they've ever been. What was wrong with why couldn't Bruce implement that? It doesn't matter on the quality level. You can still be a fitter side um, that is completely irrelevant. The man is a liar and he's fishing for he's fishing for pity and it's disgraceful yep. and he should not be using our club and the club to try and to try and push his own agenda. Um, you've got your money. Is is it running out? Have you spent your eight million already, Steve? Is that the problem? Seems is it? Yeah. It's absolutely pathetic, disgraceful, and to try and pretend like he had any sort of assist, sort of provided any assistance to the new owners as well is disgraceful. Um, after he completely slandered Eddie Howe publicly, um, he, he you know slated uh, Craig Hope publicly. The amount of people he he burnt bridges with. Um, three of the players, as, as I said, with bust ups. What did you expect was going to happen? You constantly were saying it was the fans that was the issue. It was too much pressure. Mm -hmm. It's nonsense. And you got eight million well, pounds to to be a you know a liar essentially. Yeah. And you'll get no. Lawrence makes a good point actually here. Um, he says uh, if he cared about the club that he claimed to, uh, he'd have resigned the previous season, Billy. You know, if, he's right because if this man claims that. He, you know, like he says early doors in that interview, he claims that he was the negative, the last negative piece. But if he thought of himself as a negative piece, he'd have gone a long time ago. And he talks about doing the diplomatic thing and and, and telling the uh, new owners to find somebody else. Then he wouldn't have. Uh, why take a payoff? Why, why take eight million pounds away from the club if you care about the club like you do? And you've got this dignity just to walk away. Then why take eight million pound with you? But when he wouldn't, have, he would never resign the year before that or the season before that, because at that point he wasn't the only negative at the club, was he? There was strength in depth in numbers. There was the, the owner, uh, Thumbhead, the, the CEO, whatever you want to call him, Charnley. You know, he wasn't on his own. He was taking flak along along with two or three others. He would never resigned. He was all it was all about the money with Steve Bruce. We saw that he was never Newcastle United fan as he claimed to be. We saw him, you know. Virtually celebrating Man United goals against us, uh, smiling and laughing with Oli Gunnar Solskjaer as so he walked off the pitch. You know, it was, a, it was just a fake profile from day one. He was never yeah. been Newcastle United fan. He, you know, you can go back to when he was a player. You know, singing mm -hmm. on the on the pitch at Wembley, cheer up Kevin Keegan when they beat Liverpool. I mean, what, what would he sing that? What would he? Yeah. You know, if he was a if he was a fan, he would never have sung that. The man was a complete fraud from day one. Whether it be uh, his social profile as claiming to support his hometown club. Or whether it was claiming to be a manager, which he never was. He was the worst manager of facts by numbers, by stats, that's ever performed in the Premier League. I say performed in the very loose of terms, an appalling manager. I mean, Lee says here, uh, I mean, he did what he thought was right, right or wrong. Steve is in the past now. We have a bright future, move on. No, he didn't. The, the reason he, we he bring in this up, Lee, is because it's news. And the fact that he's he's trying to, you know, make something of his disappearance from Newcastle. And it wasn't, you can't move on from that because you have to talk about that because he's trying to say that he was the be all and end all. He was uh, this great manager that said, oh, you know, I'll help you get a new manager. I'll do the, the right thing. He even says that the owners came in and said, what can we do for you, Steve? What can we do for you? And basically all that Steve Bruce wanted was his 8 million pound takeaway. So it is a talking point. There's no way in a million years, Steve Lee and me and dad, sorry, Amanda and me and dad would have gone in there and said, what can we do for you when they know damn well that that manager has destroyed not just the football club, but the players. He's broken some players who will never recover. 
You know, Sean Longstaff talks about it. You know, Matty's long, Matty Longstaff's career, ruined. You know, you look at some other players. Jamal Lewis came in as the next superstar left back, ruined. So it is a talking point and it, it needs to be addressed. And people I mean, are saying it's in the chat, it's saying it's history. It may be history, but we're still feeling the effects of it. The reason why we can't spend the money that the owners want to spend is because the FFP, these twats have built up. You know, mm -hmm. such a low ceiling. There was no incomings, no sponsorship deals. You know, it all it's all in the same pot. Him, Ashley, you know. It's, it's him not showing any backbone. Um, fair enough, 100%. Ashley was making decisions, but he wasn't showing any backbone in terms of squad, in terms of what he wanted, who, who, who should have had contracts and who shouldn't have. You know, some of the contracts are ludicrous at the moment. And it's not just that. It's You need to have an element of self-awareness about you. Like, I'm, I'm, I'm all for people believing in themselves. Fair enough. If Steve, Bruce, if Steve Bruce thinks he's a good manager, then fine. He's allowed to think that. However, when, when your players are visibly exhausted after 60, 65 minutes in a game, that's you. That's, it's all of them. If all of your lads are knackered after 65 minutes, the common denominator is you as a coach. It's your fault. How do you not have the self-awareness to understand that? After six weeks, they were fit enough. Mm. It's literally you. It's the writings on the wall. Nobody, again, this is another one of those things that's not an opinion. It's a fact. Six weeks later, they could play 90 minutes. It's Steve Bruce. It always has been. It always will. It's not history. He's brought this back up. It deserves to be spoken about. If he hadn't have done this interview, then we would have been just talking about the Chelsea game. It's on him. He needs to just shut up and go away. Honestly, yep. he's burned his bridges. I, just I, leave. This is a man. This is a man that's made a career out of compensation, not out of being a manager, yeah. out of being a poor manager. And yeah. good compensation. Let's not forget he failed at West Brom as well. He yeah. is he is beyond done in a reasonable level of management. Mm. Done. I mean, I've just seen a comment from Barbara saying he ruined Jeff Hendricks' career. <laughs> I just had a giggle at himself. Yes. Uh, Darren says, uh, if I remember, Bruce said I deserve a chance to manage this club yes, did. with transfers. He did. Yeah, he did. Of bollocks. He's a liar. So no, if he that says that, why does he then go privately behind the scenes and say, uh, to Amanda record, and well, made Cameron, that, oh, I'll like... step down, you know, I'll, I'll, I recommend you get Eddie Howe or Steven Gerrard in. Uh, what a load of absolute monkey shite. I'm sorry, but it's just bollocks. And I, everybody that knows this channel, knows the guys that are on it, will know that we will stick up for our football club no matter what. Whether it is going back to talk about Steve Bruce's comments or not, it, he's made it relevant again because of the lies that he's come out in a podcast and just drivel. I mean, the thing is, Billy, what happens when Amanda and me and Dad hear this podcast? Do they actually come out and say something or do they just laugh at him behind the scenes? I think they've got the dignity to laugh at him behind the scenes, if I'm perfectly yeah. honest. Yeah. So I think... I think that's the best way of going around it. I wouldn't, I wouldn't give him the attention he, he craves. Obviously, um, it's the only mistake they've made. Actually, he's given him that thousandth game. Because I'd have had him out the door the minute he's, minute they walk through it. Yeah, I mean, Alex, what, what do you reckon? What did, did the owners say these say these yeah. things? I mean, no, when, when they hear that and think, well, this is just blatant lies. Do I they come they back out in public and say that 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 podcast that Steve Bruce did is is completely wrong? No, I, I think I think they I think they probably came in with an open mind and were quite happy to have dialogue with with Steve and and discuss the situation of the club, the squad, how he feels his position was. I think they were probably quite happy to have that conversation. But Amanda Stavley herself came out. I think it's on camera as well of saying that it was toxic very early on, and she and she I think. She, I can't remember where this was. Somebody, somebody might be able to find it for me. But she said at some point, 
Um, I wish I'd have pulled the trigger sooner and we'd have tried to find somebody sooner. I'm pretty yeah. sure she said that on camera. Um, mm -hmm. So if retrospectively she's wishing that and regretting, you know, it, it is all there. All of this is on camera. Steve Bruce saying the opposite to what he's said in this interview. It's all recorded on camera. It's literally just lies. Yeah, I mean, I, I, sorry, Lee, I don't get what you're talking about here. Would you give up £8 million? That's not the issue. No, yet. no, but Lee, what you said is he thought he was doing the right thing. Mm. So you're mixing things up. He, he was, he's he a was doing the right manager. thing for Steve Bruce, not Newcastle he, he United. Knows, he knows that players should be fit enough to play more than 65 minutes. He knows that. So it was in, he was, it's all lies. It, it's all lies. You know that players should be fit enough to play more than 65 minutes. You do, you know that, Lee. So these, players that. these players weren't playing 45 minutes. They were knackered after 15. Exactly. We all and know not that. forget that he completely left Fabian Scher out of the side, who became, who has become one of the best central defenders that we've had in a very, so very long time. didn't know how to manage technical players. I mean, all. he just, he had no idea. You Look at Matt Ritchie, he's very technically gifted. Yeah. <laughs> And he had a run-in with Matt Ritchie, if we do remember as well. You know, th this guy had one thing that 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 he wanted to to gain at Newcastle United, and that was his own self-purpose. There was nothing else about Steve Bruce. Yet he keeps coming out with all this crap. And I'm not going to sit here as somebody who runs a channel and accept the bullshit coming out of Steve Bruce's mouth. Right, I'm not going to do that. We're a Newcastle United channel. We're very passionate about Newcastle United, and we're not going to have a, a sit. We're not going to sit here and listen to a cabbage head talking about utter nonsense, trying to justify that it's it's Steve Bruce's. Um, he should be patted on the back because he recognised he, he recommended Eddie Howe and he walked away from the job. He's got to listen to his other press conferences and realise that he's been totally hypocritical in everything he, that he's saying. It's just beyond recognition. And he, he, he just keeps on trying to justify his existence at Newcastle United, which was truly garbage. And, you know, the man nearly gave me a heart attack, seriously, because of the, the shouting I did down the camera when he was in charge. It was just bizarre. Um, but, Lee, I, I, honestly, I mean, he's saying there, I'd take eight million off that bastard Ashley all day long. Yes, we he all take, Glad he didn't take off Ashley. He didn't take, off, he didn't take it off Ashley. Exactly. Um, taking it off the new owners. He was never going to get you... sacked by Ashley. That's the whole yeah. point of it. Ashley was never going to sack him. If that, that take, takeover not, had not happened, we'd have been relegated. And Steve My Bruce point would exactly. Charged now, maybe even in League One. Do you think Steve Bruce would have would have gone to Mike Ashley and said, look, Mike, I think, you know, I, 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 I've done as much as I can. Uh, I think you should look for a Steven Gerrard already. How? Do you honestly think he would have gone to Ashley and said that? Absolutely not. And Billy's right. The club would have crumbled and would probably more than likely be in League One this season after two straightforward mm -hmm. relegations. There's just no doubt he in my mind. He deserves all the hate. He plays Emil Kraft at centre-half, Isaac Hayden as a right-back, Miggy in central midfield, a right-winger Matt Ritchie as a left-back. He deserves all of this. He's a bad, bad manager. Jacob yeah. Murphy at right-back. Jacob yep. Murphy at right-back. Look, look, Just think about all the positions these lads played in under Bruce and where they play now. Completely I mean, different. Keith's saying here, for a reason. it's not news, man. It's history. It is news because he's trying to get under the. Am I missing something? He did a podcast yet? literally like today. It, it is and it's news. still affecting us as well. It's still affecting us. His, his reign is still affecting us. Yeah. Danielle says, uh, in the spirit of Stu, hashtag Bruce out. Mm -hmm. Indeed. 
Um, Roberts has had Bruce been allowed to continue, he'd have got us relegated. He's a despicable excuse for humanity. Oh, without a shadow um, of a doubt, yeah. Uh, Let's not forget, Steve Bruce at Aston Villa had the most expensive squad ever assembled in Championship history. He had them fourth from bottom. Mm-hmm. Fourth and bottom. <laughs> yeah. I and mean, he took West Brom from the playoffs to... From the playoffs to nearly well. relegated as well. I mean, <laughs> Jesus. It, it, it's crazy. Uh, Mark says Eddie was devastated when Bournemouth were relegated. He took a year off. And now you see the Eddie, the great manager. Now, you lucky tune, the perfect manager for your fabulous club. Thank you, Mark. Um... Jackie says, I hope the truth comes out in the new documentary about Bruce. It might, well, I mean, it, it could because it, it, it covers the takeover and after the takeover, of course, when Bruce was still there. So do we see that? In, do we actually see Amanda and me and dad go into Steve Bruce and say, Steve, <laughs> how can we help you? Well, you know, eight million. Well, well you know, eight million pound in a kebab will do. Like, you know, I'll, I'll leave for that. Like, with, but I want, me, I want me tracksuit as well. I think I'll take me tracksuit and 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 the bacon sarnie. You know, I'll take a bacon sarnie. <laughs> I like how you're well, a Geordie, you know. but you have to do a more of a Geordie accent to do. Yeah, Steve I mean, no, no, he's, <laughs> well, it's it's not a Geordie accent he's got anyway. It's just like a it's a funny mesh accent. To be quite honest. Uh, Jordy Metal, thank you for your 20 quid super chat. He says, there's one thing I like Bruce for. Without him, we would never have got to see Paul's rants. That is very true. I mean, the, look, the football we played was just, it, it was, look, I, I, I would rather have stuck my finger up my ass and then sucked it, right, <laughs> than watch Newcastle at the time. It was dreadful. Seriously, the man gave me palpitations and hatred that I've never felt before. And watching the football was dreadful. It was seriously awful. And, you know, I mean, Danielle's put in the comments there, I'm getting PTSD from the misery. Exactly. <laughs> you know, we, we look back and we, we, we were shaking with fear. You know, I just, you know, those of you that don't agree with us in the, in the, in the comments for mentioning it, I'm sorry. But we as a Newcastle United channel and who passionately defend the club, we will awful. We will always defend the club, no matter what that man comes out with. I remember oh. at the time as well. We hadn't won again, won a game all season. You know, mm-hmm. he was just, he was just a, a Jonas around our neck. He got the sack the next day. I saw him on the T uh, Twenty World Cup. England had previously not lost a game. He was in the crowd with his new turkey teeth. The minute he turned up, England get beat, knocked up. Yeah, but he did. He turned up with a new set of gnashes. I mean, yeah. you know. Well, you know, I'm I'm a shape manager, but at least I got my teeth done like who. Um, and that was the important thing because they were falling out. I mean, just go away. Um, right, let, let's just... I would say stick a pin in Steve Bruce, but he'd explode. So we'll just move on um, because my blood pressure is starting to rise again and I'm starting to feel like I'm watching Newcastle United for five years ago and I'm not sticking my finger up my ass. Um, How about the teacher is? Yeah, God, but not forgotten. Absolutely. Yeah. Um, anyway, uh, let's move back to, uh, to the match last night and I just want to talk about this guy um, because, you know, I, I thought he was absolutely magnificent last night again and that is Lewis Miley. Um, Alex, obviously, you've watched most of the game. Uh, you know, yes, a few little errors here and there, uh, but he's 17 years old. He carries himself on the pitch like he's much older and doesn't look out of place. Yeah. Um, 
Definitely. I mean, from I've watched up to 70 minutes and from what I've seen of Miley, um, I don't think he was he was too bad when he was he was um, sort of a little bit deeper in the six. He wasn't amazing, but there, there were certain things just technically on the ball. He was doing a few little bounce passes, mm-hmm. um, a few little combination passes with Tenali and Joe Linton where they would just we've started doing this a little bit more, actually. Uh, I absolutely love it. It's brilliant. Tenali does it and Isak's been doing it and Lewis Miley was trying it as well where you're, you're, you know, five or six yards in front of each other and you literally do one, two, three, four, five, six, like seven, eight passes in a row just to try and... And then the opponent takes a little misstep and then they, they pounce on that opportunity to turn. And Miley was getting involved in it and doing really well. Tanali's really, really good at it. He loves it. He's, he's technically so good. He's good, good enough to do that. Longstaff's not really good enough to get involved in that sort of nonsense. Miley, Miley can do it. He can actually do it. It's really impressive. And Isak's brilliant off it. And and Gordon, to be fair, they were turning players so well on the spin. It was really well. I was going to bring Anthony Gordon up. Um, I mean, he, he was great again, just getting the ball. And it was and Miley's running. balls out to Gordon as yeah. well a lot of the time. But Gordon played the the absolute peach of a ball into Miggy for the goal. Um, you know, but Miggy did really well with that goal, by the way, because I, I mentioned this in commentary, Billy, if you can remember. When Gordon played that pass, as the ball was coming to Miggy, he took an extra couple of steps back mm. so he could then run onto the ball in the direction he wanted to curl the ball in the corner. I thought that was very clever by Miggy, Billy. It was. He's well and truly suckered Kukurea in, didn't he? Kukurea was just found really wanting and Miggy was in. And it's that finish we've seen a million times, same ones we saw Sunday. Mm. Um, just a fantastic finish. He had a really good game, Miggy, actually. Really good game. Yeah. I was really quite pleased with how he performed. Um, and let's go back on Anthony Gordon. It's not just any mug in front of him. It was Rhys James. It made him look a bit of a mug at times yesterday. Rhys James is a hell of a defender. Yeah, I mean, Gordon looks to have just in, had new confidence installed, Alex. He just looks like whenever he gets the ball now, Eddie's given him that confidence to, to you know, he's, he's, he's said, him, just, just run at them. Just cause them havoc. Because and he's doing little stepovers, but he's... He's working back as well. He's he's putting himself all over the pitch and his, his work rate. You know, people questioned that last season, said he was lazy and stuff like that. But this is the Anthony Gordon we saw for Everton a couple of years ago and and, and really causing problems every time he touches the ball. Yeah. Um I mean I'm 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 gonna put I'm gonna put a pin in this comment. You can remember this show. Well, what's the date today? Twenty seventh of July. That what we saw. I think could be the beginning of the end for Callum Wilson. Mm-hmm. The fact that Gordon can do that and Isak can just go left and they can just rotate it. Yeah. It's really dangerous. Yeah, it is. Um, I mean, obviously you're missing certain elements without Wilson and Wilson, of course, will be very useful in the couple of seasons going forward and will play tons of minutes. However, that was really impressive. Gordon's mm-hmm. definitely found another gear and he looks really good. I mean, that, you know, you look back to the um, to the Eddie Howe interview that he said uh, that he's not going to go for another strike and Newcastle aren't going to bring one in. Well, and you kind of look at it now and you can see why. He's obviously yeah. got plans there, Alex, for, for Anthony Gordon to play that position should he be needed because he played it last night. Even with Isak on the pitch, he put Isak out to the left and put Gordon through the middle. Yeah, it's it's phenomenal. Um and that's not even with like Barnes being used either. So just some of the counterattacks we're going to be able to use next season. I think this is why Eddie Howe's been messing around with defensive yep. shape because if we can get if we can get some sort of structure, you know, the the issues have been further further back, not further forward. Um, I think if we can 
tidy up the midfield gaps, um, find a decent shape at the back, maybe bring in another defender or two. Um, I think, because we are going to have to play some big games in the Champions League and some obviously big games in the Premier League. Everybody's strengthened. Um, I think us on the counter-attack, if we do need to play a different a different style, um, just look at some of the long balls over um, against Villa with Anderson, for example. Ooh, we've got some real good counter-attacking threats and we've got some some players who can ping a ball as well with Bruno, Trippier, Tonali and Fabian Cher when he's on. Um, the threat from some of those forwards. Um, it, yeah, it's 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 amazing. The, the, the attacking threat is just there. I don't think we need another striker. I think the money has to go in the back line now. Any money left, it needs to all go into the back line. Desazi, is he the answer? Do we now step up um, trying to bring Desazi in? Because yes. I think we do, you know, I think we really do have to go for a defender. But, you know, left back is... I don't want to keep saying it because I don't want to seem like I'm just rabbiting on about Dan Byrne, etc. You know, but I, I just don't see... But it's I true. Don't see... He's okay. He is and that's okay. It. We, we, need both. okay. we need both, no doubt about it. But Villa yeah. and Chelsea are better than okay. That's the issue. And they were hard games. And Byrne was found out a little bit. Although he's played a couple of nice passes, actually, um, in recent games. I don't know if you guys have noticed. A few 40-yard pingers that have done really mm. well. He wasn't doing that last season. I don't know where that suddenly come from. But yeah. more of that, please. Uh, Conrad, you're right. Yes, we'll give a special shout out to Hosselu, uh for his uh, bicycle kick goal against Manchester United. Filthy. Man United not having it easy, by the way, because they lost against Real Madrid and, of course, lost 3-1 to Wrexham. Um, and I hope... Oh, I don't know if you saw the Man United lineup, though. It was I don't care. It's, it's, it still stands as Wrexham 3, Man United 1. I don't care about the lineup. I really don't. That that result is there in history. It doesn't matter what the lineup was. Wrexham beat Manchester United. And uh, just Paul Mullen, I hope he pulls through after mm. a, uh, a horrible um, punctured lung injury. Mm. Um, so we, we hope he pulls through. Didn't get red carded for either, I think, if they keep it. It was a Schumacher moment, wasn't it? Another Schumacher Yeah, it was. Moment. Yeah, it was terrible. And, and apparently, Martin, apparently, Sandra Martin had to do one last night. Exactly as well. Really bad tackle. On well, Bellingham. Bellingham, yeah. He did it, it to was, Bellingham yeah. and it was disgusting. And then the Man United uh, players decided to surround Bellingham as if it was his fault. It's mm. a friendly and they're pulling out tackles like that. Well, and then all the Man United little fan people on Twitter were yeah. like, oh, the butcher. No, he's I'm trying sick to of break seeing that on Twitter. In the Pictures of him with a butcher's knife and a oh, meat cleaver. Terrible. I'm like, piss off. You know what I mean? He's like four foot tall and a garden norm. And you know Joel what? Calm is going to come back just a breath. You. Because he's he's hurting people, the fans yeah. love it, and are egging him on to hurt people. Karma's going to come round, and he's going to get snapped. And I'm not going to care, as are a lot of people. Just a toss pot. can't stand them. Um, uh, New Jersey Geordie says Lewis definitely needs to fill out his frame, uh, which he has plenty time to uh, add three kilogram to, and we have one hell of a midfield enforcer. Oh, Seventeen, you got to give him a minute. He, well, to have a yeah, few roast I mean, look, he will fill out as time goes on. You know, there's no doubt about it. But I tell you what, yes, sometimes he's knocked off the ball, but there's other times that he he knocks the other players off the ball. He is confident, and that's something that you, you know is is helping him. He's confident on the ball. He doesn't panic on the ball, and more than well, nine times out of ten, he gets the pass to where it's going. And he played some beautiful balls in again last night. And I just the kid just oozes class. He does. He looks so comfortable. But one guy that came... Sorry, go on, Alex. 
I've just got a funny question for you, Paul. I, I've mentioned uh -oh. this to Billy before you joined, and obviously the viewers as well. Because I've been watching the game on Chelsea TV, I've been hearing the Chelsea commentary, um, and they said something that I was a little bit surprised by, and I want to see if anybody else has heard this. Um, they were complimenting Joe Linton f fairly. It was it was nice to hear. Um, but then they said, we, last season, as a fan base, we were calling him Njolo. Is that a thing? Have Have you ever heard that, Paul? I have never heard that word in my life until you've just said it right now. Just making things up. Well, I did have a little giggle. I don't know if anybody else has heard this, but apparently we're calling him Njolo. These guys like smoking. Like Jeez. for anybody who doesn't get it, for like Ngolo Kante, if, if anybody if that went over anybody's head, but bizarre. Anyway, I, th I just had to ask because it it was so weird. Uh, we will quickly touch on Tenali, right? Because um, I've seen some. A lot of comments about Tonali, and there was a lot in the chat last night saying that he was, um, you know, easily pushed off the ball. He was um, not quite at it. Now, I don't think he was when he was further forward, but when he went to number six, I thought, it, you know, we mentioned this in commentary as well, Billy. When he went to number six, he was coming back. He was taking the ball off the defenders, turning, putting us on the attack. He completely changed his game. I thought he was much more comfortable in the six, if I'm honest. Um, yeah. Yeah, he was the fulcrum of everything in the second half. But like you say, one, always wanted the ball, always available for the ball. Didn't see any weakness from him when he was in the six either. There wasn't a lot of weakness in the first half, if I'm perfectly honest. He was kicked a few times, to be fair. He was, mm -hmm. you know, physically shrugged off the ball at times. Ridiculous how the referee let a lot of it get, get away with it. Um, but he's much more, I think he's much more comfortable in the six with that midfield next to him. Uh, when, if Bruno's in the side, maybe it'll be different. I mean, we've got so much scope in the middle of the park now. I'm quite looking forward to how he rotates it, so I'm sure he will do. Yeah. I mean, look, we've got a lot of exciting things to look forward to moving forward with the, with the front line that we've got for the coming season. I, I, we just... Yes, Alex? Can I just mention as well, we haven't even seen Willock yet. <laughs> That's a good point. Yeah. <laughs> we completely forgot to mention Willock. And Longstaff's like... been missing from both American games. So, you know, we, have well, we haven't of... seen Willock at all yet in preseason. No, we haven't. So... And there is a lot of depth there. But one guy that did come back last night and played the second 45 minutes was Nick Pope. And uh, he was simply outstanding. Um, you know, I mean, he made two brilliant saves and then the one at the end, um, diving off to his left to get two hands on, on the ball, was a wonderful save as well. And... Billy, you mentioned it during commentary that how comfortable the defence looks when he's there as opposed to Dubravka. Uh, they look so much at ease. He's, he's very vocal with them. They know where he's going to be. He knows where the defenders are going to be and there's an understanding there. Yeah, I, 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 not only do I think that Nick Pope's a better keeper than Dubs as a goalkeeper, but communication's far better. Defenders yeah. seem to know where they, where they should be and that can only be the goalkeeper doing it. He's got the view mm. of the whole lot. It's, yep. it's strange as soon as he came on, the defenders looked a lot more assured, looked more and more confident, were happy in where they were supposed to be. Um, it's no, it's no, it's no kind of, there's no coincidence there. That's down to Nick Pope, and his, his shot saving last night was absolutely phenomenal. Really was. Mm -hmm. Alex hasn't seen, probably hasn't seen it yet, but one from Chilwell right at the end, oh, unbelievable. Save. Okay, I've yeah, seen. To be save. fair, I've seen two or three already. Well, um, Chilwell hit Chilwell, minutes. Yeah, Chelsea had a corner, and I think it came out. To, it might have been Chilwell initially who hit a shot and it was blocked by Dan Byrne. It came back to him and he hit it again. 
and it was it was going in the onion. It was right in the top corner, and he, he, he well almost the top corner, and he, he he flung himself to the left to touch it round the post with both hands, good hands on the ball to push it away, and that's what we want to see. We don't want to see uh, you know just maybe trying to get to it with one hand and just saving it without actually thinking about where he's putting the ball and it just comes out for a, an easy rebound. Nick Pope, clearly with them saves he made last night, you know, he's pushing the ball away from the danger zone. It's clearly something that they've worked on because he's, he's every save he made last night was, you know, there was no rebound there. He, he made sure that the ball either went for a corner or he got it clear. But again, it's, it's not just the saves he made. It's the commanding of his box, you know, very good coming out again, in that sweeper role that he does, it just seems like everything is more calm when Nick Pope is there. There's no panic. There's a, there's a good understanding of where he is in his penalty area, Alex. Yeah, I mean they're very different keepers. Dubravka's great when it's all hands on deck. When you're the when you're not the better team and the the opposition have got the control of the game, the game they're building around your box. They're having pot shots. You know, players are getting played in and having having little sort of shots from side angles. Dubravka sort of similar to Krull was for sort of 18 months. He's just great at reading that, blocking. He loves making tons of saves, cameras, yeah. camera saves. Um, whereas goals like the, the one that happened that we conceded to, you know, that Jackson scored, he's not very good at reading counter-attacking goals. Um, when your defenders are split, organising the defence, when, when shots are coming from slightly wider, when everything's a bit more open, yeah. he's not as quick at reading it. He's not as quick at adjusting his, his position his feet, where he's, you know, it's just something that he's not as good as Nick, as Nick Pope has. Um, and Nick, the thing is, Nick Pope is equally as good at Dubravka's stuff, if not better, and can also do the sweeping and organising the defence. Um, you know, Dubravka's an amazing number two, probably one of the best number twos in the entire Premier League, in my opinion. However, you definitely could see the improvements in Nick Pope, considering he's not played um, you know what since, what, right. game 37? I'm going to say this now. I think Karius is a better goalkeeper than Dubravka, as it stands right now. Um, I think Karius has had a very rough run because of what happened in in a cup final when he was he, clearly he looked better recently. But I think yeah, it's hard to say. There's a small sample size, isn't it? It is a small sample size. But look, I just I look back to Karius when he, you know, that brilliant season he had with Liverpool, and it was it was because he was concussed that he, that, that happened in the cup final. And everybody's labeling that cup final as. Carius's major moment. You, you've got to remember, it's, it's he harsh. couldn't make it in Turkey. He couldn't make it in the back end of Germany either. And then he was without a club. These that there, there are reasons for these things. It's not just well, that. Liverpool I just think game. he was stained by that cup final, Alex. I, I, I agree. I really do. However, he still couldn't make it in two more nations. He needs to get rid of the brown goalkeeping gloves, though. I, 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 brown is just a color that shouldn't. <laughs> brown. Nobody should ever, ever have anything brown. There's no need for brown in this world. I better go on a baby of meals then. <laughs> brown is like chocolate. But chocolate's brown. Well, I know Billy, but melted chocolate looks like something different, doesn't it? It looks like you know what Turns what goes down the into a nice shape. toilet after a curry. I, I know, but I just I don't like brown. I, I'm sorry. Brown sends me back to you know when I was a kid when I used to get in my dad's cars and it was brown velour. You know, that just used to soak up more sweat than it did anything else. And then when you sold it on, it was like a, just a just 
you could see the sweat dripping from underneath the car coming out of the velour. It was terrible. <laughs> you um, weren't anyway, like the new brown sofas that Susan's about to get you then? No, absolutely not. Uh, by the way, <laughs> uh, nobody has heard of um, Enjolo or whatever Nobody, they, no. they, they were calling them. It's not just me. We, we should have put a polyp, shouldn't we? Have you heard of Enjolo before? It's, well, it's... I've, I, I've never heard that in my life. No. Um, it just, just never. Um, just ridiculous. <laughs> I, 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 my school uniform. Oh God! I don't mean the color of people's skin. By the way, my God, why do people have to go there? Um, just leave it. But um, they did say a few more things. When when Andre Santos came on as a substitute, they said, "Oh, and he he would have gone under the radar a little bit as a nice little pickup from Chelsea in the January transfer window. Yeah. Not one of the more glamorous signings. More of a you know more of a secret one." Like, excuse me, he was one of the most hot prospects in in world football. He was a Brazilian wonder kid superstar for Vasco da Gama that everybody wanted. The, che- the Chelsea commentary are like, oh, yeah, we've done a Brighton here. We've unearthed a gem. Yeah. Literally yeah. everybody on the planet knew this kid ex- existed. We scouted him on this show 12 months ago. Like, yeah. che- nope. they're, just, they're just on a different planet, Chelsea fans. I'm sorry, well, not a clue. Yeah, I mean, look, there was a lot, actually, of Chelsea fans in the ground uh, last night. Uh, and what I, I got the feeling that the, well, whoever was working the cameras, shall we say, focused more on the Chelsea fans than they did on the Newcastle fans because um, there is a lot of Newcastle United fans there and we've seen it and we've heard it from, you know, uh, people that are out there. Uh, so I, I think that was a little bit, harsh but what what i did love from last night was the reception miggy got um loads of atlanta fans there um and they had miggy's cardboard face bouncing around and everything like that and it was just fantastic that we you know he got the goal um his confidence we know he started well in 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 pre-season last year he got he, he did he started really well he's done it again this season are you expecting and i'll start with billy are you expecting Miggy to be, you know, is it another 10 to 15 goals can Miggy get this season? Or do you think he's under more pressure now because, you know, Gordon and Barnes are there? No, I don't. I don't think he's under any pressure at all. I think he's released some of that pressure himself by being a little bit more unpredictable. Uh, mm-hmm. I've seen I've seen him twice last night going outside, get not great crosses in, but still right-footed crosses in. And, it, and it's yeah, put he that did, doubt, yeah. he's put that doubt into the, into the left back, his opposing left back's mind where he's going. Mm-hmm. So I think he can create himself more space. And I think he can do it again. I, th- I do. I think he can get 10 to 15 again. Um, he seems to have hit that train of form. His finishing is outstanding. Back to how it was last season. His confidence yeah. is up. Um, if he goes into a season like this, he'll, he'll score goals, no doubt about it. Alex, what do you reckon? Yeah, I mentioned this last week, 100%. I think his game's improved. Um, it, it started to improve in the final three or four games towards the back end of last season, we started seeing a little bit more variety in his running, his decision-making, his um, using his right foot in different scenarios. Yeah, it looked yeah. like it was starting to come together a little bit. Um, really, really nice to see. And then he's continued that uh, a few times yesterday. He Instead of cutting, he darted to the byline, um, right-footed driven cross and just drove it across the six-yard box. It didn't work, but it, it probably will do at some point in the season, which is great. It's nice that he's got that option. Um, and then that's going to make his left-footed cutting inside work more often because then people are not going to know where he's going. Um, it's it's just a much better thing. And obviously what I said last week about 
The fact that we've improved the technical level of the squad, I think we're going to be able to carve out higher quality opportunities for him, which is he's going to be able to start scoring again a little bit more consistently. Um, he's not going to have to score, you know, because five or six of his goals last year were absolute stunners. And you're not going to be able to score them consistently. You're going to need to be, you're going to need high value opportunities to be created by your teammates. Um, obviously, you've got to do some of the hard work yourself. And I think he's capable of doing that. You know, he's, you know, he's got a good finish on him when he's when he's concentrating. To be fair, I think he'll be fine. And it was a lovely goal celebration as well with the little the little testament yeah, to Carlos was just asking what um, the celebration was, but it was it was a celebration yeah. that he used to do with Martinez for Atlanta. So Martinez, uh, we, we mentioned partner. that during commentary. Yeah, the, the it was lovely. Go each way. And uh, then Martinez actually tweeted and posted. Yeah. I think posted on Instagram about it as well. It was very nice. Back in the day, we were linked with him as well, weren't we? Yeah. Um, Isak, Billy, uh, you weren't really impressed with his first sort of half an hour. I mean, he, he got definitely got better as the game went on. He came more into it. But there was a couple of times in that first half an hour where he was played in and it just didn't seem like he was at the races. And a lot of people actually agreed with that. They were, they were asking in the chat, you know, what's wrong with Isak? You know, he doesn't seem to be, uh, you know, he doesn't seem to be at full pace or he looks a bit dazed. It was yeah, strange. It was it was definitely a little bit lackadaisical first half. And it took a little bit of a master stroke by Eddie Howe to actually get him into the game. Yeah. He, uh, he swapped him with Anthony Gordon and put him, when Reese James came off, and let him have a go at the, the new right back. And he, he came to the game then, saw him do two or three yeah, fantastic did. moves. And looks a far better player for that. Just a bit of a kick up the arse. Get over there, do something. Confidence is back up again. And he looks like a more dangerous player because of it. First half, yeah, he was found wanting a few times. Yeah, his first touch sometimes wasn't great. Um didn't really seem bothered about running for balls that was slightly ahead of him. He, he, he weren't great. It was a little bit of a like he just seemed a bit like a day's call, as I say. It was, it was it was weird, but he did get into the game as the game went on. Hmm. Um, Simon, I'm I'm sorry, but I've got to pick this comment out because I I I don't understand. Um, he says, "What's all this obsessive praise of Miley? All he did was pass the ball back to who he received it off." No, that's not true. He played some lovely passes. Have you watched him? Long-distance passes, short passes, crisp passes through defence. It was slightly at fault for the goal, but he's a 17-year-old learning to play in the, in the, in the top you know, echelon of the game. You know, he's going to make mistakes. But he was outstanding. I mean, there was look, a ball that played <laughs> literally 40 yards from left to right into the box for Miggy, and it literally... Gave a little haircut to Kukurea, I think it was. Skimmed mm. over the top of him and reached Miggy. It was a perfectly weighted pass against Chelsea when you're a 17-year-old midfielder for your first start for the yeah. club. Some of the balls were incredible. They, they weren't just good. There were three or four of those long-distance passes that were really impressive. I'd have been impressed. I'd have been impressed if Tenali hit them. To be fair, because they were just really, really good. They were really, really good long passes. Yeah, I think it's fair to say that the you know the chat don't agree uh, with uh, those comments. Um, look, we're not putting too much pressure on the kid. He's seventeen. He's got a long way to go yet. Uh, but what we are seeing is it's very very positive uh, that he's he's playing as well as he is for just so, for for seventeen years old. And you know he was against Enzo Fernandez in that midfield. Let's not forget that. Mm -hmm. And he competed with him. You know, he, he matched him. Somebody who was over a hundred and odd million pounds, he competed. Well, they're all a fortune, aren't they? Mudrick was well, yeah. 80 to the yeah. left of him. They're all monstrous values. It is worth pointing out Eddie's comments as well. He's not going on loan. 
He's going to mm-hmm. stay with us because he's too young. He want, he needs to be with his family. He's going to benefit from watching and learning from the first team. He's going to stay with us for the next season, which is exactly what we suggested might be good for Anderson last year. Um, well, although there, there were a few, it was a little bit divided, but I think the same is true this time. Um, and I'm glad because I had a big to to do with a few people last week about Miley. That's so like not you, not Alex. not overhyping him too quickly. And I'm mm. so happy Eddie Howe has come out with the same sort of stance as me and mm. just said, right, let's keep him grounded. He's going to stay with the team, stay with his family. He's going to learn, and then we'll see what happens in the future. And that's exactly that's exactly what what should happen. And it's yeah, it Ash is, makes so. a good point, um, saying that uh, I don't like these YouTubers saying he's a generational talent. Uh, you mentioned that, Alex. You know when we're talking Ash, about him before. You are a legend, my friend. That is correct. Yes. Um, it just yeah. Just let him. Just let Eddie coach this young lad, and he will come to fruition. Uh, Harley says Enzo Fernandez is just a hyped-up rich man's John Joe Shelby with hair. <laughs> well, he's a World Cup winner. I mean, let's not forget that. You know, but uh, you know the, the fact that he competed with him. Uh, Jose, uh, that's not the one. Uh, Jose says, uh, what did you think of the Mercedes-Benz Stadium in Atlanta? I must admit the stadium looked, it was fabulous. Uh, I've I've seen a lot of comments saying how absolutely beautiful that stadium was. And of course, Darren Eels had a lot to do with it, uh, of course, in Atlanta. Um, And, uh, you know, it's developed into people talking about, um, it's developed into, People talking about St. James's Park, are they going to develop that? Is it going to, you know, are we going to move? Are we going to build a new stadium? Look, let's not rush things here. Uh, I, I think St. James's Park is going to be developed. There's, they've said that. So a, a move away from St. James's is not going to happen. Um, so it's it's going to be developed. But what, what capacity, uh, I don't know. Um, are Ronnie Granny's with us? Oh, dear. Yeah. <laughs> um, mm. Uh, well, yeah, yeah. this way, if Steve Bruce does manage to get another job, he's got a ready-made number two there waiting for him. Yes, I'd agree with that. Um, yeah, um, Steve Bruce and Paul Gallant leading the way. I no do have an it. interesting point that I don't think anybody's noticed yet. Maybe a few of you. Um, do you know how everybody was crying about the, the white shorts earlier on in preseason? We played in black. We did. I didn't actually notice so, that, but yes, you're right. I don't know if the club have just U-turned and gone, oh, God, everybody hates the white shorts, or if, if this was the plan all along. I don't know, but we were in black shorts. Yeah. Uh, Biggins says, uh, how do the tickets work against Fiorentina? Uh, I have the tickets for our game, uh, but can I stay the whole day? Yes. Uh, basically, the tickets are for the full day. Um, so you can, you, you know, the three games on the Saturday you can stay for, and the two games on the Sunday. No, I don't think that's what he means. Yeah, it is. Can I stay the whole day? Yes, you can. Yeah, you don't, you, it's you, not I think you new... buy you buy the one day or the other day or both. I think that's yeah. It, but what it? he means is he's got tickets for the Fiorentina game, but there's other games on that day. So yes, yeah. you can watch. Yes, oh, I don't think I don't think other... it's a case of you buy for a match. I think it's you buy for no, day one, day. you buy for day two. Yeah. I think that's how it yeah. works. Yeah, definitely. Um, I actually got my season tickets sent through today. Um, my uh, yeah, they posted a tweet one. about it like um, six or seven hours ago. But I ain't sure. No, you um, don't like it. I'll speak to you after the show. Um, the, the, um, <laughs> we'll mm. uh, stop pushing <laughs> me. Uh, the fact <laughs> Nord says the fan zone plans look nice as well. Yes, they do. Uh, very good, actually. Um, <laughs> I, 
I saw John Sinclair put a tweet out saying, um, commenting on it, <laughs> saying it was a YouTuber's dream. Uh, I don't quite <laughs> understand what he meant by that. Like, a YouTuber's dream? It's, it's a Ad fan Adam zone. Adam just going to be pirouetting around and around. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I, I, it, it is, it, it's a fan's dream to have something like that because if they are going to play, put the games on the big screen, then that makes a huge difference, Billy. Well, absolutely. You know, it entitles, but it gets more people around the stadium, doesn't it? You know, mm -hmm. be, I'm not sure they can do that. If the Premier League allow them to do that, but if they can, yeah, it'd be a phenomenal thing. Yeah. I mean, but we'll see. Uh, Jamie says, Paul, uh, question. You noticed the young Chelsea lad, Hall, was not used in yesterday's game. No, he uh, yes, he wasn't involved. Um, but that, that, to me, that really doesn't say anything. Um, I, I, you know, Ch Chelsea also have, you know, are they playing again tomorrow night? I'm not sure. Um, no, it was used against there, Brighton, though, so I think it was more rotation. Yeah, yeah. Um, I wouldn't read anything into that at the moment. Uh, Connor Gallagher, bad though, is he? Well, yeah, but Connor Gallagher came on and uh, Billy's favourite footballer of all time. Uh, he he didn't really impress. You, I thought he was what, good. Well, to be fair, I haven't seen all of the second half. I mean, yet. look, he, he, I think um, he's dropped the ball back a few awful. times and his broken into awful. the. You know. he, the he did win the ball back. Yeah, I mean, he, he, to be fair to him. Uh, yes, he did, but his shooting was rotten. I think there was one I need shot to watch the final 20 minutes before I assess it because maybe you're right, he might have had a terrible, you know. Well, I, I think know. there was one shot that he hit that uh, could have been in uh, Aussie Rules football, to be honest. It was, it was, or, N or the NFL, it, it went into one of the high rows. Um, he showed lots of energy, he did, he did. Uh, Raheem Sterling was messy, though. Uh, I have to say, oh, uh, course, his, yeah, was, his yeah. tackling was dreadful. Um, some of the time, I mean, there was one he made on Tonali, but then this, I think it was the second one, Billy, wasn't it? That we were pretty uh annoyed with when we thought that um, the, the one with oh, who was it? Because I know he clashed with Anthony Gordon, um, yeah. that was more like a, just a coming together, but Gordon got the worst of that, didn't it? It was the second who he sliced somebody up, I can't remember who it was. Uh, it was a really late tackle, um. I can't remember either. I don't know. He did, he did, he did three pretty bad ones. and Yeah, yeah he did. He did. Um, right. Obviously, we're in action again tomorrow night, guys. Or, well, I think it kicks off at uh, half midnight. So we'll be on air from quarter past midnight um, for the watch. Alex, are you actually, um, you know, I mean, are you, are you gracing us with your presence tomorrow night? I mean, you know. I but... shall be indeed, yes. Okay. Um I'm I mean, going, I'm going to the airport and then coming back, so I will yes, be awake anyway at coming. that time. So uh, yeah, uh, it's, it'd be great. Uh, Anya's coming over from Poland. Alex will be a happy man um, as this good lady returns to the UK for a bit. Uh, but um, Brighton aren't going to be a pushover, guys, because I watched them against uh, Brentford, and you know Brentford did have the chances in that game, but the second half, Brighton played some absolutely incredible football, um, and they, they are a dangerous side, Billy. Absolutely, yeah. They gave us so much trouble last year at, at I can say, the Goldstone Ground then at the Amex. Um, they really did cause us problems. The Goldstone Ground, bloody hell! You're going back a few years, Billy. About forty years. Um, <laughs> Jesus. No, they, they, they play with very similar to me, don't they? They they they, they press. They they they, they play the football along centre halves. They keep possession. They break with pace. Got a lot of pace up front on the flanks. Yeah, it'd be a tough game for us, but one oh. I think we can win. Um, obviously, it depends on what lineup we put up. But yeah, I think it's one well, 
going to say that, Alex, what, what what sort of team do you think he'll put up? I mean, will anybody be involved that was involved? I've got to say this morning, I guess, because it was this morning. But well, it, yeah. I mean, who's well, not played? So I, I think that's the reason we didn't see play like Longstaff and Bruno, you would imagine, would come in. Um, Lascelles might play. Um, I think Pope might start the game, you know. I think Nick Pope might yeah, start. Pope, Murphy, Barnes, Wilson. Wilson. We'll see yeah. all of these kinds of players come in for yeah. this match. I do have a little suspicion that we might lose this. Um, I just feel like pre-season, especially with a lot of the tinkering, we, we, do, we are leaving quite a lot of space in certain in transitional moments um, and Brighton are one of the best in the league at punishing that. Some of their passing sequences are sublime. Uh, I'm going to, I'm going to do, I'm going to do a Jack word there. Sublime. They are. I'm a little bit scared that we're going to get played through two or three times against Brighton. Um, I'm just going to put it out there. I'm really concerned about that. I think uh, it's, it's way, only preseason, so it doesn't matter. But yeah, absolutely. We have a problem with uh, centre back as well, don't we? With Cher being injured, Lasalle didn't yeah. play, but the other two both played 90, virtually 90 minutes. Well, they did play nine so, minutes, let's not forget Jao Pedro is at Brighton now, so it's not just going to be Undav and, and Welbeck. Jao Pedro They've got some dribble. bloody good players. They I have a dribbly boy. They had some good players up front against Brentford and they gave mm. them a rough ride second half. Uh, by the way, Tangy's just confirmed that Jamal Lewis loan to Watford has been completed. So mm -hmm. Jamal Lewis is now is no longer at Newcastle for the season. Uh, that, of course, is a season-long loan. Um, so again, just giving him two fixtures of minutes, yeah. should have given it to someone else. Too. Option to it buy, is an well. option to buy. Oh, is yeah. it an option yeah. to buy? Yeah, should have made it a bloody uh, obligation. Sorry, Jamal. So it, it could <laughs> be that, uh, yeah, creative JB saying Evan Ferguson is a baller as well. Yeah, he played against he Brentford, yeah. uh, he was a handful. Um, Mason says that it, that I, Ivorian striker last night for Brighton. Wow, yeah, um, I can't think of his name off the top of my head, but uh. Yeah, a uh, big dog. Big dog is asking: Is Jack still part of the tune review? No, Jack stepped down to concentrate on uh, his schoolwork and his uh, and his own channel. Um, but we're still uh, very much in touch with Jack. Um, is the news true about? Yes, Darlow. We forgot to mention Carl Darlow heading to Leeds United for four hundred thousand pounds. Now, initially all summer, this was five million pound transfer fee, and that's why we were led to believe that Middlesbrough, Hull City, etc., pulled away from the deal because they weren't prepared to pay five million and he's gone to Leeds for 400 grand. Now you all can about, see why we can't shift these players. Yeah, all about the wage bill though, isn't it? So it's getting my wage bill down. It is. Of course it is. But, uh, you know, I mean, he's, he's going to Leeds. So I, I think it's a good move for Carl Dallow uh, because, let's face it, uh, Melier is absolute poo. Um, so he'd probably get plenty of games for Leeds and with an opportunity to get them back in the Premier League it's it's a good move for him but but just just think about this financially H how much was Dubravka's loan move to Man United it was 4 million pounds for mm -hmm. Dubravka's loan move I'm pretty sure it was 4 million pounds so Dubravka for one year at Man United uh, considering it got cut short as well so Darlow is worth 10% of a loan fee for Dubravka at 400k. What do you think? Do you think, though, in fairness, do you think Newcastle United have looked at and said, Look, like Billy's just said, there it's all it about his wages. wages. Billy's completely well. right. Yeah, Darlow uh, is on good wages. Um, you know, he's on 35 or 45k yeah, so a, a week, lot of money around that. Yeah, and and do you think that Newcastle have just said, Look, let's get him, you know, get him a club. 
you know, I'm, I'm not going to say let's get him out of the club because that doesn't sound, that's not nice at all. But, no. you know, let him go to Leeds, continue his career where it looks like he'll probably be number one. Um, you know, Leeds have got 400 grand. Let's just take it. It frees up 35, 45 grand off the wage bill on a weekly basis. That's something that we can't turn down. That's, that's, I mean, that's like saying that's an extra few million pounds on the transfer fee, the money they're going to save in wages. Yeah, but when you factor that into the two sales, uh, well, even though Jamal Lewis is not gone, it's wages off the book for the books for the season. Yeah, I think I feel like that starts to free up moves for these defenders that we're linked with. We might see a bit more movement transfer wise now, potentially. Well, it'll certainly free up a, a chance of maybe bringing in one permanent and one loan deal. Um, you know, with with the wages that they've saved. Um, but listen, I mean, we Bournemouth was. It looked like Bournemouth was the destination for Darlow. It's not going to be Bournemouth, of course. Uh, it's going to be Leeds. And and we really do wish him well because it's a good move for him. Uh, he's been a good servant in Newcastle, no matter whether you think he's good enough or not. He has served us well um, and, and done his very best since he came in from Forest. So, of course, we wish him well. Um, I did, I did um, upset his uncle once as well in Northampton. Well, it's very strange, Alex, that you keep talking about upsetting people. Because... It was, this was this was a few years ago. This was when Rafa was the manager. I, I worked at a bar um, as, a, as a second job and uh, the, they knew I was a Newcastle fan. There was a guy. So, do you, do you know, I've got the, the, the signed Tino photo of scoring the hat trick at the, you know, I've got yeah, that. Yeah. That was gifted to me. So people in the bar knew I, I supported the club. And there was a guy came over to me one day. I was like, oh, what do you think of Carl Darlow? And I was like... Well, I mean, he's not Dubravka, is he? Like, easy, it's okay. He's like, oh, I'm, I'm his uncle. I'm like, oh yeah, he's great. He's really, really good for a number two. He's brilliant. Like, I was like, oh god, I've Billy, do you ever get the feeling here. that if Alex was a barman somewhere, right, whether it was a second job or not, right, Billy, you know as well as I do, if Alex heard somebody say something that Alex didn't agree with, he would stop pulling the pint he was doing and go and have an argument. Uh, because he didn't agree. You just know that the majority of any fights in that pub he worked in would literally start with Alex. And then well, he'd sort of get all the other people brawling and he would just walk away. Well, I've, I've, had a, I've got a similar story, but this time about Scott Oakes, who scored against us for Luton many, many years right? ago. Yeah, uh, so, Someone came in, I mean, Newcastle, away blue shirt on the Asics one. He said, what do you think about Scott Oakes? I said, I think he's an absolute fucking wanker. Fancy scoring against us. It was only his uncle, formerly of the band Shawadi Wadi, um, and a member of the Leicester Mafia. Shawadi Wadi, bloody hell. <laughs> Billy's going back in history tonight. Um, yeah, we, we spoke about this uh, coffee. Hossel who's scoring a bicycle kick for Real Madrid. If someone told me that some years ago, I wouldn't have believed it. I mean, mm. he's getting on, is Hosselu, but he's, he, he looked fit as a fiddle last yeah. night, by the way. One, one of my um, best mates from when I lived in Spain is a Madrid fan, is a Real Madrid fan, and all it is is just memes about Hosselu at the moment. It's We find it so funny that... Because he, he was following... He was making sure... He's always followed followed the club. Um, and, you know, when we got promoted under Rafa, he followed us because we got Perez and we got Hosselu. So he followed us a little bit because we got a little bit of a Spanish contingent. Mm-hmm. Um and then he obviously knew we were rubbish at that point in comparison. And now the fact that he's now doing that for Real Madrid, it's just mental. It just doesn't make any sense. Well, it's it's crazy. But best of luck to Hosselu for the season, of course. Um, really at, good as well. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Uh, Nick says, I'm not sure Jack settled or suited the TTR team. Uh, Jack was perfectly suited to us he settled he'd been on the show many many times before he joined us as a horse so he, he was settled he just look 
I'm not going to start rumours off. He, he simply left to concentrate on his own channel and his schoolwork. Uh, he's still a young kid. He's got a big future ahead of him. Uh, and, you know, he, he he took a sensible decision, in my in my opinion, to concentrate. He's coming at the final year of school. It's a big year for him. And he wants to concentrate on his own channel as well. There's no there's no fallout. There's no nastiness. We're still good. You know, he's welcome on here anytime he wants. And he knows that. And, uh yeah, there doesn't have to be fallings out just for people to, to step down. But honestly, anyway, um, that is it for tonight, guys. Um, uh, thank you very, very much for joining us. Uh, over 1,100 again, you guys are, well, I say it every time, but I will keep saying it. You are legends. Uh, your support of the channel is simply unbelievable. Uh, please do, before you leave the stream, give it a thumbs up so we can get up there in the YouTube search results still and uh, people like yourselves can find us and, and get subscribed. If you are new to the channel and you like what you see, please do hit that subscribe button, which is completely free. Come and join us, uh, this fantastic community that we have here on the Tune Review. And, uh, of course, hit that notification bell, which will let you know when we go live or upload any videos. Uh, we are, of course, on uh, Patreon now. Uh, so if you uh, want more Tune Review uh, content, uh, head over there and, um, well, basically check pod, check the podcasts out. There, some brilliant podcasts on there. There's more coming as well. Um, and, of course, we're on all the socials as well. Just search for The Tune Review. You can become a member if you do so wish. There's a join button just underneath. Uh, please click that, and it will take you through to the membership. And uh, thank you to the mods. Uh, another fantastic night for the mods, although Rachel's not here because she's all loved up with the new fella. <laughs> um, so, uh, yes, hope you're having a good night, Rich. Um, and thank you to Billy and Alex. Uh, but as usual, guys, the thanks goes to you out there. Um, your support is blinding on this channel. It really is. It's incredible. And I will see it every stream because we genuinely do appreciate everybody uh, that turns up uh, night after night. Uh, we will be back tomorrow uh, with the Watch Along. Well, it's not tomorrow, is it? But it's technically tomorrow uh, at quarter past midnight uh, for the Watch Along. Um, there may be a daily news uh, or a show at some point before that. Keep your notifications on and we will let you know. It's probably best that we don't do a show to keep Alex fresh uh, and make sure that he, uh, you know, he turns up this time. Um, so, but just I mean, keep you can do one, but I'll have to be driving to the airport. So you can do one without me. Well, I think we can do that, Billy, can't we? we you know, we, we, we didn't struggle last night without the great mastermind of everything. But uh... we've, got a <laughs> we've got a fantasy show to put out at some point, haven't we? Yeah, we might do that, actually. That's not a bad idea. Uh, but we'll see. Keep an eye on the notifications, guys. I am going straight to bed because I am absolutely padoogled um, and tired. And, um, yeah, so we will see you tomorrow, guys. Enjoy the rest of the evening. Thanks for watching. And it's toodaloo for now. Good night. How are the lads and lasses? Come back and check on some breeze.